Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, we've got a great show for you today and a really awesome story. We got Gina Carr. She is the co-founder of a company called Rent Assured. And they describe themselves as a property management solution made for landlords loved by tenants. Now, just imagine this. You've got tenants. You've had them for about five years. You think everything's good. You don't hear a lot of problems. You know, you had some communications over the years, but nothing major. And then suddenly you get a text message that says, hey, we're gone. We're leaving tomorrow. And when you show up to look at the property, there's holes in every single closet door. And somewhere between ten dollars and $15,000, you can assume in damage right off the bat. You're going to get nervous. To make matters worse, the tenants then text you and say that if you don't return all the deposit, they're going to sue you. Well, this is the scenario that Gina found herself in, and it's what led her to found the company Rent Assured challenges and her story. And I, I think it's fascinating. We had to just you know start off with all that. But anyway, I don't want to give it away. So let's just jump right into it. Well, hey, Gina, welcome to the show. Hi, Nate. Thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you uh, being willing to come on the show, talk about what you're working on. You know, we had an opportunity to talk a little bit before the interview. So I'm actually pretty pumped for this because I think you have an interesting story and I'm excited for people to hear it. But before we go too far into that, why don't you go ahead, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Perfect. Hi, everyone. My name is Gina Carr, and I'm co-founder and CEO of a software solution called Rent Assured. And we're kind of new into the technology, real estate, what we're calling, everyone's calling prop tech, property technology space. And we're founded right here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So we're a startup that's a little bit under a year old. Oh, wow. Okay. You got a buzzing startup scene in North Carolina, right? Oh, yes. The entrepreneurship vibe and the resources that are available here in Winston-Salem are amazing. Actually, throughout the triad in North Carolina in general, we are housed here in a nonprofit space called Winston Starts. Mm -hmm. It's an incubator. So there, I believe it's up to 19 companies now that have applied and, and gained access. Oh, wow. So the resources to extend our runway, free legal services, a desk, unlimited coffee, which I definitely take advantage of on a regular basis as a startup founder. And it's right here in downtown in the old GMAC insurance building. Don Slow has the space now and the incubator is located on the fourth and fifth floor. So you can find me on the fourth floor downtown. There we go. I was making a little bit of a lighthearted joke. I didn't realize, honestly, that there was such a scene of where you were at. Oh, (laughs) really? It's transformative, especially um, for those kind of underserved populace in the startup world in regards to gaining capital and resources themselves. Mm -hmm. Founders like myself, it's it's amazing. That Venture Cafe is a networking um, opportunity, also a nonprofit, which connects entrepreneurs to resources, venture capitalists, and potential customers just by having a third every Thursday event. There's also Flywheel locally. That's um, a co-working space. And then it also has some programming. And that's actually kind of where our story started. So yeah, let's let's get to that because we're going to talk about your company, Rent Assured. And But before we get into that, I want to talk about your background story to, and you alluded, you know, you're new to the prop tech scene. What drove you to enter the prop tech scene because we've all got our different stories and you know we I always love hearing the origins because that really I think sets the tone up for you know what you're you're going after and the the problem you're trying to to solve so fill us in what was the journey that led to starting rent assured I appreciate that Nate are you sure you want to know it involves blood sweat tears <laughs> actually it involves <laughs> It actually involved, um, my husband and I became accidental landlords. So we were going to sell our property in 2008-ish when there was a big shift in the real estate industry. So we ended up renting the property. Fast forward five years after that, and we received a text message. We thought our landlord or their tenants and, and us as landlords were on the same page. I didn't really necessarily feel like the Cruella de Vil, you know, this 
evil character in our story yet mm-hmm. <laughs> until I got that text message and it said, we're leaving tomorrow. So less than 24 hour notice, they left. We showed up on the property kind of in awe and shock. What are we going to do next? I thought the lease said they had to give us 30 days notice, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We arrived to holes in every single closet door, burnt carpet, mm. piles of trash. It was over $12,000 worth of damage. Name. Wow. And these were tenants for five years? Yes. And it's not that we ignored them or didn't see the property. We would stop by every now and then. The relationship, I thought, was cordial. Right. But as I noticed them parking in the, in the grass, and the grass slowly going away, you know, we would mention certain things. But really, when I look back, there was no central place where this communication occurred. And other than that contract, there was no, I guess, kind of starting point where we were all on the same page and they knew. I just assumed they read the contract that they signed, at least. <laughs> right? So They read the contract. Who reads the contract? <laughs> there wasn't really fine, fine, fine print. It was pretty standard six, seven page contract, too. So, yeah, I immediately was infuriated and then tears came. I'm not too tough to admit. Oh, no. I was bawling my eyes out thinking, how could they do this to us? Uh, We never raised rent on them. We didn't charge them a pet deposit. That was a big mistake. Just different things like that. So we open the door, we go in. There is literally holes in every closet door, a burn mark where they had um, a commercial fire pit type deal, and uh-huh. just this overwhelming smell of dog urine. Long, long list. Oh, no. windows, there were thousands of bugs piled. I seriously could go on for this whole interview, but I'm going to save you. Fast for the next day, I come back and I am scrubbing the walls, literally. Boogers. Can I say boogers on the podcast? Boogers. You can say that. There's no language. <laughs> this is 18 and older, I suppose. <laughs> Keep it clean, but you say what you want. <laughs> so explicit crying tears, playing boogers off the wall. And then my husband calls me to tell me that he received a text that said, we figured you'd be a little bit nitpicky. So we've contacted an attorney. If you don't return all of our deposit minus $80 for that one burn hole in the carpet, we're going to sue you. That's amazing. So they, they were preemptive on, hey, by the way, we know we left that place in a wreck, but we're going to sue you if you don't give us all your money or all, all of our money back. That is, a, that is, wow. Right? They, they could sell anything. I bet those people are, are fantastic ice salespeople up to the Eskimos. <laughs> they don't sell anything. I know. It was crazy. It it's was crazy. So all the emotions that go into it, just being a human being who rented their home out out of necessity. Really. It sat vacant for a couple of years, but the family came in. They seemed great. Things that I reflect on now will lead to essentially the story of my shirt. But in that moment of upset, I felt betrayed. $12,000 worth of damage, I mean, alone. And then they're threatening to sue us, the audacity. So yeah. I called yeah. my close friend, who we were both customers in each other's companies. These are not both of our first startups, but we like to solve some messy problems for people, including personal connected stories. So she had, she and her husband had a company called Docsmore and they have innovative, innovated the way that you do documents. So digital transformation in documentation. Mm. And so I called her after reflecting and thinking, wow, they're going to sue us. I need to collect all this, all these contracts, all the communication, everything. I could not find it. So after 40 hours of collecting what I could, I realized I didn't even know if it would hold up in court. Right. Because this is, this is probably a pretty common scenario, right? I mean, a landlord, like you're saying, you had them for tenants for five years. You signed the lease. I mean, in that five years, you could have moved once or twice. You rearranged the office. You got a new filing cabinet. So, and then, yeah, you had multiple phones. So text message trans, you know, like my text message is auto delete after two weeks. Cause I, cause if I don't, you know, it, it actually takes up a lot of space on your phone. People don't realize Very good that. Point. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I don't, I don't have any history of text messages ever, period. So there's wow. not, a, it, it, it's pretty difficult to keep a paper trail. Exactly. And then, and then even for the text messages going back, not only did I not have all the ones that, what, two or three phones ago that I should have had, even the ones I had, how would I prove 
that those text messages happened during that time period. I'm snapping photos. And then even for the photos, taking photos and then going back and somehow connecting them to the time and point that I took them, right? Right. So it all comes down to being so time consuming. Even at that, the lawyer wanted $500. Okay, I'm going win it. $500. Just go gather all this. 40 hours later, I put into a nice little package. And again, I didn't even know if it would hold it for. And you know what? It's funny, Nate. When I look back to the time that they moved in, I thought I was being slick. I took photos. Do you remember when Tiger Woods was uh, in some trouble and his wife took a golf club to his car? I'm sure. Does everyone out there remember? I'm sure you do. <laughs> I, I took, you know, I remember him being in the news, but I don't remember the golf club. Yeah, his wife. Well, you're, you're going to be Googling this afterwards. But his wife uh, was very upset at him uh, for what he was doing. And yeah, so I took that newspaper when I took photos to kind of date stamp it. Right. This is when these photos were taken. And then when I went back to find all those, the either the image was blurry or it was halfway in some. And I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> so it came down to me realizing I wasn't prepared. Even when I did not yeah. feel like we were wrong, even though it seemed blaringly obvious that they were in the wrong, how dare they? Yeah. So yeah. I collected all this and I called Bobby. I'm like, there, I should have been better prepared. I don't know why I wasn't. I do not want this to happen to anyone else again. And so Bobby and I started talking and we came up with a solution to essentially keep everyone on the same page or move in to move out. Got it. Out. If they saw those pictures side by side, they would have threatened to sue. And if they had, I would have had everything, all these documents, etc., all in one spot. Or I needed it all in one spot for easy access. Right. So, so long story short on that one, though, you, you didn't have to pay out a settlement, right? You, you won that one. You won that battle? Well, here's what happened. When they received this huge 40-plus page you know, letter itemization with all the photos and stuff that I did have along with the contract, they just kind of went away. Yeah. And so a lot of people I speak to now say, well, where did you get the 12000 back? Honestly, I would think that I would want to go for that, but the legal fees to gain that twelve thousand would mm. not have been worth it. We would have we would have spent more on legal fees than we would potentially on getting any type of reward. It, that's such a bittersweet victory because obviously, you know, you didn't have to worry about the lawsuit. They probably, you know, maybe they went back to their so-called lawyer and they were like, Yeah, it's gonna cost you more to get your deposit back than your deposit costs. So just let it go. Mm-hmm. But then you also miss out on all the damages. I mean, you're out of pocket on all those damages. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, it also costs you time and money even just to get to that point. So so how does this tie into rent assured and what you guys, you know, what's the the how do you see that as connected to the problem that you're trying to solve through rent assured? So the big messy problem really came down to time, money, damage, and how we could have avoided all of that. And really, it was being on the same page for move-in to move-out, even pre-move-in. So with Rent Assured, we created a software solution that housed all these main communication features. So Mm. digitalized workflows, electronic documents backed by blockchain e-signature, Photos with time, date, and geo stamped. Maintenance and communication all in one place, also within Registrar. So communication is almost like a chat feature in real time. Maintenance, not only can they initiate a maintenance request from either landlord and tenant side, but it can mark be marked with urgency and there can be a video with sound. So the landlord can quickly diagnose and remedy issues faster, hopefully leading to less damage. You would not believe right now how many landlords or property managers with their tenants are within text messages, emails, mm-hmm. and or not communicate well at all. Let me, let me so, just go on record and say I have made all of those mistakes. I am not unique. My very first tenant I ever rented to, I may or may not have did zero background eviction checks or even verification of income. Why <laughs> don't you just let them move in? Well, he was just renting some storage space. You know, he had the deposit. He paid the first month's rent. And I said, sure, you can move in. Do your thing. You're like, this sounds great. And, and it sounds all judgy, but we did not do, we did not do a background check either. Well, it's so important because, you know, now, now hold on. That tenant, I got lucky. I will say it hands down. I got lucky. He was a great tenant for three years, ended up being kind of like taking on my the role of handyman for our house that was a rental. 
And it, it totally worked out. But in no way, shape, or form should I have ever let anyone move into any bit of property without ever having done any of those checks. I mean, I was just leaving myself open to issues. And kind of like what you just talked about, though, like all the communications, you know, we, we had some stuff that was very loosey-goosey, you know, and had he not been so flexible and easy to talk to and also open to talking and, and you know, making sure we had a great relationship, like that could have gone sour really fast. And I would have had, I would have had to like try to piecemeal a ton of stuff together that there's no way I would have been able to prove anything. You know, I would, it's not fun. It is definitely yeah. not fun. And here, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And that's the problem <laughs> is we thought we were just safe and secure and we are part of the Triad Real Estate Investors Association locally. Okay. And so far, we are gaining early adopters. And you would not believe how many people, even though their processes seem decent and they're doing what they're doing. But, for example, we have a early adopter. Um, she's a property manager with 33 units. She is an Excel and Dropbox and photos on her phone. So mm-hmm. it works for her right now. But the time that we can save her, the time that we are starting to save her, um, mm-hmm. is valuable. What would you do with all that extra time? So she didn't know that there was something out there that existed like Renishore, and we just became a product not too long ago. So everything that was out there that I looked for, oh my gosh, I should have done this better. You know, they're suing us. I thought I had everything. What's out there? It was either way cumbersome mm-hmm. and or super expensive for myself, a landlord with less than 100 properties. Also, it still didn't necessarily engage the tenant. So that's another part of the problem is keeping everyone on the same page and then engaging them. Because if you're just emailing them or waiting for them to email you, if there's damage or you stop by once a quarter, you're not really doing yourself a service. Because at the end of the tenancy, or when you do pop in, maybe once or twice a year, all that damage could already have been there, right? Right, right. When they know you have a software solution where they are part of the communication and they can see that you are also seeing the communication, on it's almost like a chat feature on the same page. They know when you read it and you know when they read the communication. And so- There is no confusion about who's going to do what and when. And here's the thing, too, is as we're out here as a new company and we're doing discovery and we're hearing what our customers need and want, what they like about our product and what they would want to see added, we're realizing some individuals will ask, well, why would the landlord, you you wouldn't want the landlord to necessarily have the tenant see all of this, would you? And the, the answer is yes, they do. Because... Again, the stereotype is the landlord is some type of, excuse language, like a slumlord. That all landlords out there are just out to get their tenants. And from a tenant perspective, I can see where that's coming from. I rented a lot of properties. Uh, oh, yeah. Especially in my college days, right? Yep. And I can tell you some stories on the tenant side. So the value that is seen for the tenant is how oh, this really helps the tenant also. Mm. But the landlord and property manager want that. I wanted to give them their deposit back. I wanted to walk in at my place be spanking new looking, right? No holes <laughs> everywhere. That costs so, so- money time and then to flip it. Right to get more tenants in there. That's that's right. money. I mean, the longer the unit is out to be serviced or uplifted. more time that we're out that monthly rent. That's right. That's right. You're, you're hundred percent right. And it, you know, that, that time period is, is crucial to, to get things turned around fast. So, so, okay. So then you've got this communication channel, you know, and I'm assuming it's more than just chat. What are also, what are some of the features that you guys have built into rent assured now? And then what's, what's the roadmap looking like? Cause you know, I know that you guys are still relatively new and you're, you're building this product out. Great question. Great question. So our minimal viable product, our software solution is live and it's fully functional. And then we have enhancements that I think you guys need to peek down the road. So what's on the product now is the core features that any property or landlord would need to streamline communication, maintenance, payments, and documentation. Mm-hmm. So when someone signs up, they can upload, when a landlord signs up, they can upload documents and then our development team makes them fillable. From there on, the document is housed within Rinchy Short. So they can send out 
and invite tenants to come on board for their unit. All that documentation is electronic backed by blockchain chain e-signature and it's filled out online within Registrar. That's it. Once it's filled out, the PDF copy is documented and housed. You can download it into a PDF package for later on if you need it with your photos and additional communications. Photos, you can have them upload and take photos from Registrar. So during the move-in process, I fill out the application, I filled out whatever ever other documents you need from me, again, within Rent to Short. And then I take photos as a landlord. And then my prop, the tenant that I've invited to use Rent to Short can also take photos or upload photos. We can see those side by sides from move in throughout the tenancy. And then if you want them to take move out photos, I can also pay. So as the tenant, I can either pay with like an ACH setup. I can pay with uh -huh. a credit card via Stripe, or I can still mail you a check and you can invoice me as a landlord. And then for communication, again, all in one place, in real time, and then maintenance as well. It's a different function within the app. But, and then the same with move out checklists, anything that a landlord wants to see. We make it easy for the landlord to utilize the forms and their processes. And we get best practices too. So if they're not exactly sure where to start, maybe they're a first time investor and they have one property, we help along that those lines as well. And we offer, I think, three or four static forms in there that people can use. What we're finding out, though, is landlords and property managers already have the forms that they'd like to use. They just don't like to have to fill them out or put them in Adobe or DocuSign every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it gets a pain in the butt when you that. have to do that, though, too. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah, time-consuming. Every little step. So every, all these steps and all these, these uh, minutes that you take interacting don't seem like a lot at the time, but if you look back, that could be a whole week long vacation you spent in Excel or text or email. So all that time that you're saving and then the stress and the hassle of it, I promise you, I have probably at least five new writers just from that experience. Yeah. Just being a first time landlord and coming into that amount of damage. There's a lot of things you don't know as a first-time landlord. And, and you know, honestly, there's also this, um, maybe you can relate to this, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll admit guilt to this as well. You know, as a first-time landlord, you're like, I'm not going to be one of those landlords. I'm going to just let my tenants live their life and do their I thing. And then the first time you get... <laughs> The first hiccup, you're like, oh, so this is why there's so many rules. <laughs> right. you, know, and you realize like, hey, you know, maybe it wasn't communicated well that these rules are here because if you don't set clear expectations, that ambiguity is what opens up, you know, opportunity for who knows what to happen. And, you know, I, I've got great tenants now, but when they... They called me to say, uh, or they texted me, hey, we, we have a dog we're checking out for the day. I was like, okay, uh, there's no pet yeah. deposit down. So, <laughs> and then I got the text later in the day, dog didn't work out. He d destroyed the blinds in the living room. Oh, oh. Well, these are, no. they're custom fitted window treatments. They're three inch blinds on like my, you know, we got a, like an eight foot bay window. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are not going to want that bill. That is not cheap. <laughs> and all this is happening in text message, right? So that's what I realized. So one of the biggest things right now for Renishore, talking about the, the big features and how we're innovating it, is all of this, the whole life cycle of the tenancy, can be downloaded into a PDF package. So you can share it with your lawyer if you need be. Hopefully being on the same page kind of mitigates that. Mm -hmm. But... If it were to happen, you have all your documents, all your communication, all the photos, maintenance requests. Even if they decide, hmm, as a tenant, I'm just not going to engage and I'm not going to use it. We haven't found that to be statistically true as we've rolled out early adopters. But let's say that's even the case. Then you can at least prove that you communicated as a landlord. Right. And you, and you were very clear that this is, this is you know, that where you decided that all the communication and... I guess the life cycle of the tenancy is stored. And if they decide yeah. they're not going to refuse, we have proof they have a login. You have proof they have a login and they have an account. And that you right, right. So if you have to send it to your insurance company or you have to send it to your lawyer, you have it. But what I found is that when our previous tenants, and we'll not name them, but they were good salespeople, 
if they had seen this when they did receive that what, 40 plus page packet with photos and itemization, they just went away. And I think that's what did it. I don't necessarily think they were bad people. Trust me, I had a lot of time to think right. about it. <laughs> but I don't think they were bad people. I just think that over five years, we assumed they were going to clean up their mess and they thought, and eh, that's part of me renting. You made money. So, right, right. So what was the expectation above normal wear and tear? And what's going to happen, what we found, is that our future enhancements are going to quickly include tenant screen. We're actually in the interview process right now. We want a really great, innovative, and landlord property manager-friendly tenant screen and background screening company. Okay. Um, and then after we roll through that, some of the biggest enhancements are always going to be along our unique value prop. And that is engaging the tenant. Because when you engage the tenant, you create loyalty. You create so many positive effects on the actual landlord because the tenant is the customer. So- I'm so glad you just said that. And I, and I think it's worth repeating the tenant is the customer because... I, like this is a soapbox for me. Like this is one of those things that I I just stand on it, stand on it. <laughs> because well, you know, you know, I think this is this is what's driven. This is what's going to drive innovation, and this is what's going to this is going to hurt some of those legacy property management companies that have had a hold on areas. And this is what's going to push out the you know the slumlord, so to speak, to where you know no one's going to rent from them unless they you know literally have no other option, which is even a, that's a whole other issue, but. Yeah. You know, the, the tenant is the customer. And even if you're selling to the landlord, the, the focus has got to be on the, the tenant experience. And when the tenant experience is good, you know, not to, to continue bringing up my examples, but I mean, like when I raised rent on my tenants last year, 5%, they signed because I also replaced a water heater in less than 12 hours of it blowing, you know, and got yeah. on a new washer and dryer within a day of the washer, you know, burning out. And had the plumber the first day that there was a leak in the in the bathroom. We'll call the plumber, had the plumber there, boom, taken taken care of. And so, you know, if you want a landlord who responds well and and makes living there enjoyable, then yeah, they're, they're you know they'll pay for it. And so, keeping that tenant experience top of mind. But if they hate you, if they resent you, you know, if you never talk to them, and like you said, like you feel like you're on a good you know level with them, but then it turns out. Apparently they thought really negatively of you and they left your place as a reflection of that. Like it just, it's a no good situation for anyone. Yes. And especially the landlord. I'm glad you brought that up because a disgruntled tenant, whether you realize it or not, Mm -hmm. they feel entitled. So Mm -hmm. literally a hole in every single closet door was my experience. I think they felt entitled just to leave it there. And I'm thinking, what, what did I do reflecting back? What did I do or say that made them feel this way? And I still don't know why they thought that was okay. Unless again, that, they just didn't notice it or thought that was part of us, you know, renting that, oh, you made enough money on us. You can go fix that. So right. not not understanding what legally is above normal wear and tear or not. So, and it sounds like you're on top of it and it is amazing. So even for landlords like yourself and um, we're finding a high percentage of landlords that do, they just want their tenant happy because they see the value in it. They see less damage. They see longevity of the rental cycle. They see consistent payments. They see people who take better care of their property and don't aren't disgruntled and might not, you know, try to do adverse action against the landlord. So even with yourself and you're on top of it, you're on top of it via text message. You're on top of it via email, correct? Right, right. So not only with Rent Assured can we save you time. So that's the big value for you with Rent Assured right now is the time. We'll save you time. And then if something were to happen, you can rest assured with Rent Assured. That's not really our tagline, but. <laughs> <laughs> so that is something were to happen. You're on the same page and then you can download it. So even if you're like, hey, Nate, you didn't say that. You can say, well, actually, Fred, right here on this archived conversation. Right. Number eight, this is where we had this conversation. So I apologize that this is the best route. And when you engage and you engage quickly, we're in the era. It's 2019. I do not understand how people are still on paper. 
how they're still in outdated processes and systems. We want everything yesterday. We yeah. want it fast, especially the millennials, which are what? Over 65% of the market now. And, and what is uh, Gen Z is, is the next level. And it's not, it's not going to be entirely all that much different. You know, student debt's not being wiped away anytime soon. Buying is not going to get easier, especially if we see any increase in interest rates. You know, wages aren't exactly jumping for one generation more than they are for the next. So you're right. I mean, we're going to be in a renter's market, I think, for some foreseeable time. So keeping that the focus is, I think it makes a lot of sense. I do want to ask this one. So, you know, we, we're talking a little bit about, you know, the landlord back and forth, you know, kind of the single family unit, so to speak. And it's probably more often than not, you know, the the individual DIY landlord, you know, they have one, maybe two properties, but definitely less than five majority of the time. Um, but what about those who maybe have a fourplex or other smaller type multifamily? Can they use rent shirt for that? Or is it really designed with single family units in mind? Yes, I am so glad you asked that. So right now, we were in idea of June 5. So this lets you know how fast we're moving and where our target customer, I'm going to tell you, comes from. Mm-hmm. We're still an idea. We received some investment for equity in an accelerator programming, new ventures. Mm-hmm. And with that... Funding and programming, we actually built the software solution. My co-founder is amazing, Bobby Shrivastav. She's been in technology for over a decade and a half in digital transformation. So innovation and technology and UX, UI, all of that. Running a tech team, we have a dedicated team of three in Nepal that work on rent assured. So we okay. have that done in less than three months. So in September 7th, we had a live fully developed software solution. Wow. And we call our minimal viable product. It was ready for testing. So we were in testing for, for a few months. And then we started getting gaining earlier, early adopters this month. So what we're finding right now is our initial target was those from one to 25, maybe 50 units, you know, landlords that resonated with myself. And I'll, if you remind me later, I will tell you Bobby's story that happened after we started Rent Assured as a landlord. But that was our initial target. As we started testing and pitching and being out in the ecosystem more, we found that our main target, people who knew they had a problem and were really reaching out and just saying, let me try it, let me try it, was anywhere from 10 to 25 up to 100 units. So our target market is 25 to 100 units in the residential space. Oh, okay. We actually have, and it doesn't matter how many units they have. We, we just said units, which is an apartment. It could be a trailer park or a trailer in a trailer park. It could be a mobile home. It could be an apartment. It can be um, a unit in a duplex or multiplex. So as long as that unit is residential, that is our focus now. So the funny thing is we actually have a few commercial case studies going on right now where people had many suites and they have 52 units. One of them has 52 units and they see the value. So we're not turning down any other customers. We just have a focus. So commercial, residential, and then short-term rental. We've had some interest in all levels. But our main focus right now is that residential because that's where our problems were. That's where our hearts are. And we don't want anyone to have to experience what we experienced. Got it. I, I love it. And that, that kind of answered, you know, who's using it, which is, you know, it's going to be the... The landlords, you know, like us, you know, you and I, for the most part. Landlords and property managers, believe it or not. So the woman I mentioned earlier with 33 units, who's in Excel, et cetera. Yeah, she manages properties for for other individuals. She has some of her own as well. And another enhancement to, to go back on that came from her as she's utilizing our product. She has owners that she needs to report to. So she's like, I'd like to see an additional reporting feature here or an additional user for the for the owner. So that's also in the backlog. But again, it's around engaging the tenant because the tenant is the customer in any situation. Sure, and by sure. engaging them, instead of what's out there right now, just kind of talks at them, right? And then there's a few uh, product enhancements down the road also that will help excite and make it, you know. Got it. Are, are you guys, you know, already nationwide or you have any particular markets you're focusing on as you, you know, work out the bugs and really get up to speed on everything? So our main focus beta in year one is, or early adopters year one, is North Carolina. So we're, okay. we're reaching out, networking locally. And one of the biggest reasons is it makes discovery easier. Mm-hmm. We're a lightweight cloud-based platform. So even as we expand, we'll be able to make changes quicker than those that aren't. But the voice of our customer is always what matters. 
And so we've made some enhancements already with our development team even in the past week in regards to tenant engagement. So inviting the tenant as a user, we've added a diff- additional buttons in different places within the, the more UX, UI design type, uh, type changes or enhancements. But after that, year two and three, we're going to focus on the states, 15 states with the highest rental markets. And past that, we're going to go nationwide. But again, right now, especially being a young startup, if someone in California says, hey, I love this, I see this, I you know, I want to try it. Okay. Right. Let's, let's get you on board. Let's see what you think. Because anyone who can find our tool useful and we can help, besides just the revenue part of it, we are a for-profit business. Besides that, we really, we are learning, we're engaging, and we're helping in in an area that hasn't really been modernized, right? I mean, you know better than most. In the past 10 years, all this property technology in the rental industry is it's a buzz. And what Forbes wrote an article month, month or two ago that talked about the modernization um, opportunity, right? The opportunity for, in, for innovating and modernizing the real estate industry. Right. Uh, we're glad we're a part of that. Yeah, you know, I, I've over the years, I mean, I, I was a pretty savvy renter. I found a way to to find <laughs> this is so terrible. I found a way, you know, when I was a tenant. I looked at it as an adversarial relationship. That was just my perspective. So I always looked for the landlord who appeared to me to be under-resourced and didn't know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I always got into units. I never made enough money at the time or it didn't, you know, well, I wasn't worried about background checks, but I didn't want to have to go through that stuff. So the first time I ever went through a background check, this is kind of crazy now that I think about it. It must have, I must have been 10 years, no less, of me renting that I went to a background check and I got this link, you know, she sends me this link, which says, you know, go to this place. And it, it has me entered in my social security card and that or number and then payment. And I remember just looking at the platform. It didn't look trustworthy. I'm lo- working at a software company. So, you know, I'm looking at this thing like this is, I am not putting my information into this unencrypted, <laughs> who knows what black hole, not going to happen. And I just didn't do it. I told, <laughs> I told my landlord, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll fill out another one, but I'm not doing that one. I'm not. So that, I mean, yeah. it's have to build something that people trust and want to use. And I, I love to hear that you guys are taking that in the incremental steps of working locally. So you get that, close that feedback loop, you know, for product, you know, those who, who are product makers out there or managers, obviously understand the importance of, you know, keeping a tight feedback loop and then expanding outside of that, which you know, you know, I'd say kudos to you guys on the on the strategy of just focusing on the top rental markets versus just going everywhere. I think that that's a, a pretty smart play and, and and makes a lot of sense. You know, as you've been going though, so you know, you've been working locally and you know, you're getting a lot of that feedback. What's some of the things that you've heard come back that maybe you thought was going to be a good idea, but you quickly realized, hey, that's not going to work, and we're going to need to change up. Like, what would be one thing that you could share that? you know, an idea you had to pivot away from or a lesson you had to learn already? Okay, so a lesson we had to learn as a startup. So we're, I don't know if I was clear about this, Bobby is another female. And so we are an all-female founded company. Gaining access to capital in this area is a little bit more challenging. I think it's challenging nationwide for female entrepreneurs in general. Mm-hmm. And so it's a double-edged sword. It's great to be female founders now because the tide is turning. So there's a lot of opportunity that's growing, but it's just not there yet. So what we learned straight off the bat is we were lucky to have the support of ventures and gained some funding for equity. But we learned very quickly that you can't necessarily count on everything that's out there, right? And I think that's in business in general. So to gain resources, to gain momentum, and you have your strategy as an entrepreneur, the things you have to pivot around is, wait a minute, here's our development, it's happening, we're testing it, and if there's a little hiccup and you have to change something up, you then have to readjust based on your budget. And again, as a startup, it's not that large, right? Right. So we went out and grabbed as many resources and support in the community as we can. So that's one of the things we realized really quick is you can have a great idea. You can even execute it. But without the tools and resources available to you, it's much more challenging, right? So, for example, Lou and Flanders Stack, 
the, the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce runs the um, runs the entrepreneurship program out there and mm-hmm. Expo Lab. So mm-hmm. we were part of their Launch Lab series, and we received some services from a local, I guess, partner, and that's TJ with Ember Tribe. Right, right, right. My buddy TJ. Mm-hmm. Great guy. So he gave us some marketing services and some audience research, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that helped move us forward. He applied and received recently an NCI from NCIDEA Foundation a $10,000 grant. So that's helping move us forward. We are at Winston Starts, which I was writing earlier, helps extend our runway, free legal services, free resources, um, connections to customers as well. And then, again, all the all the local resources here have helped us when we reached challenges or had to, I wouldn't necessarily say we pivoted from our actual product, customer discovery, but we have kind of pivoted in our plan. And that is definitely centered around capital as an entrepreneur. Got it. Yeah. And you know, I, I, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up and shedding light on that. You know, I mean, being, I've had a few guests on the show, you know, a few episodes back, we had the co-founders of a company called Remarkably, you know, two women co-founded the company, majority owned by women. And, you know, they've, they've talked about that as well. You know, they, it's not, it's not kept them from being able to succeed, but there's some challenges specifically in, for whatever reason, you know, I, I'm not willing to say because I don't, I don't know all the facts. All I know is if you look at the numbers, a very, very small or a, a very small portion of all VC money goes to, you know, majority women owned startups. And, you know, that you can look at it and cut it any which way you want, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, the numbers are just straight through on it. So, you know, it, it does seem like that's a significant challenge, but to you know, what you were saying, like there's actually quite a few networks that are now building up. You know, there's women in prop tech that I'm familiar with. There's Crew, which I, I think is for the commercial real estate sector, and I think these are great things. I mean, it, it it's drawing attention to hey, there, there's some amazing women founders out there and leaders in this, and let's not uh, discount them. And for whatever reason, maybe not they're not getting the spotlight. And you know, I thought that um, one really important article I think that everyone should read uh, was from Michael Beckerman. He wrote about his conference, the Cretech conference in in December last year. It was in New York. And he, mm-hmm. he was pretty open about it. He said, look, we failed. Like we looked at our panel after the conference and wow. we did a poor job in representing the industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there might've been some unintentionalness to that, you know, right. You know, but he, they, at least he, they looked at it and say, Hey, this isn't right. And I can tell you, I went to the Cretech conference that was in LA a few months ago as well. And you could definitely see that there was a much better balance. And it, it wasn't just, oh, well, we got to put a woman here. got to put a woman here just so it equals out. It was, no, let's, let's get the top in the industry. And, you know, it was a much better representation for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a significant challenge. And I know that there's probably a few other uh, guests I've had on the show here who would probably agree with you yeah, that there's some unspoken and hidden, you know, rules or, or, or barriers that are going to exist there. So, yeah, kudos yeah, for you on pushing against that. Whole, yeah, we can have a whole, you know, couple couple hours just on this topic in general. But I think you hit on the head, noticing it and then making change against it. And again, not saying, okay, let's bring now we need to bring more women to the table. Just give it an even playing field because yeah. there's so many amazing female founded companies out there that are making change and executing against it. We're going to grab that seat at the table. So whatever yeah. that looks like, whatever the reasons why it wasn't being done before in such, and I don't want to say equal, but in such low numbers, again, those are hours and hours. Winston Starks has a, a panel where all the female founders get together and we discuss some challenges that are specific to us and, and we're making change. So just having the support systems out there is fabulous. But that's the really, that's their Great. biggest challenge thus far other than that, we've we've been pretty blessed to be supported by a local ecosystem, and we move forward very quickly. And a big part of it for any entrepreneur would be to see what resources that are out there, see what connections you can gain, see what you can give back also, right? So I'll jump off my soapbox. We both jumped on the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got like a million of them, so, but I, I'm saving that for my podcast show in the future called What Grinds My Gears. 
I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Well, speaking of moving forward and into the future, we're going to move into my favorite segment of the show. It's a little game I like to call For the Future. So For the Future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Gina, are you ready to play? Yes, Jay, I get to win something. Cup of coffee. Oh, you know what? I never thought about doing prizes. Oh, I was teasing, but I told Oh, but that's such a good idea. Like, I should have, like, I should have, like, I should do, like, prop tech history. And anyone who gets those questions right, you know, oh, man, that's such a great, I like that. I like that. Okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll think of this. I might, I might throw this on at the end of the show here. Okay, well, there might be a whole brand new segment coming up in the future. So, all right, let's start with the first one. This is the easiest one. Question number one on For the Future, what does Rent-Assured look like one year from now? One year from now, Rent-Assured will have at least 2,000 units on their platform. Happy customers. We will have enhanced to have some background checks. We have some referral companies and we have a couple, I should say referral channels. And we have a couple of investors, uh, some funds looking into investing in us right now. So if those occur, then the year from now will actually be probably triple what I just told you. Right. Yeah, not even further. Question number two, what will the housing market look like one year from now? The housing market specific to rentals or housing market, can you be more specific? This is intentionally left to be a little ambiguous. So you you answer this through your uh, you get to answer this through your lens. Okay, so for the rental market themselves, I think we're going to take a little dip in the real estate buying market, which will only further increase the rental market. I think millennials are renting more and more, like we said. So innovation in property technologies will continue to increase upward right. And then also a lot of retirees are renting because they do not want, they don't want the hassle of mowing lawns and they don't want, you know, the HOA fees for homes that aren't in a condo on the beach. They're cashing <laughs> right? out that house they bought in 1982. Relax and actually enjoy, enjoy their retirement. So I say more uh, retirees will be renting and more millennials. So the rental market will be great. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree. Question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? I think the industry trend that will continue is, though it seems small during discovery, the eviction rate or the equal opportunity to fair housing. And I really don't know how to solve that problem, but if there's a way that we can help and dig in to solve that problem, we will. Um, not to name names, but even just recently in the, in the last week or two, um, there was some local, you know, I hate to use the word, but I'm going to use it, slum wards that are, the city is jumping in now and taking active fines against individuals. And maybe, you know, to track back to the words registered in a year from now, maybe tenants are using our app a little bit more, regardless of whether their landlord does or not. Our customer mm. is the landlord, but there's so much interest there. We're, we're not going to shut that door either because I still surmise that the majority of landlords and property managers want that happy engagement. But for those that aren't, we still want to be there to make the, take the stress out of the whole rental, the life cycle of the tenancy, the whole rental concept from start to finish. Got it. And the last one here, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances. Paper, paper everything. <laughs> bye bye. Stop killing trees, my friends. Come on. <laughs> it's time to put the printer to rest. <laughs> yeah, I think the one stop shop, bye bye Excel, bye bye paper. Um, there's just no, no need for it anymore. So. Awesome. Uh, let's move on to the last three here. These are actually more focused on you, Gina, so our listeners can get to know you better. First one here is, what are you reading? What am I reading? Mm -hmm. Besides your bio right now. Um, <laughs> Don't read my bio. <laughs> <laughs> what am I listening to? Do people read anymore? I don't know. Hey, you tell me. I'll, I'll count audiobooks. Okay. So my most recent audiobook, and it's going to be really cheesy. So I okay. either have, yeah, I either have my most recent, actually, let me pull that really quick. Greg McEwen, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Oh, okay. So that, 
I have that, and then I have where the crawdads stay by the um, Delia Owens. So I have eclectic. So it's either entrepreneur books about time management and Atomic Habits by James Clear, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Oh, yeah. Entrepreneur books. And then I have Nicholas Sparks, Every Breath, and Where the Crawdads Stay. Yeah. My most recent book I would refer to any entrepreneur um, is Atomic Habits. James Clear. And what, what is it? Atomic Habits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I, remarkable I, results. I haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet. It's on my list, but honestly, I have, uh, it, it's, I've, oh, man, I've been so busy. I haven't read enough. I finished two books yesterday though. Thank you very much. So, I, I finally wrapped up PropTech 101 from Zach Aaron's and Aaron Bach of uh, Metaprop NYC. And then I also uh-huh. finally read, finished a book called Sway, which is about the like irrational behavior of people, basically. Let me pull it up here. The, the ir- irresistible pull of irrational behavior is the subtitle. Um, on my list. Both of those, actually. Yeah, Ori Brothman is the author. I've never read anything from him before. I'm pretty sure I think I added this to my list from like following Ryan Holiday's reading lists. I pretty much buy half the books he recommends and then I read those. That's how I get my books. So I love that. And then podcasts. Right? Well, yeah. And then I, everyone who comes on the show, I get, I get all the book recommendations from people like you. <laughs> What's your favorite podcast besides Technus, the real estate and tech show? All right. This, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Podcaster himself, Nate Smoyer, does not consistently listen to podcasts. That's the truth. You're making them, though. I, I binge the Metaprop, Fifth Wall, and the Real Estate Innovators podcast. Um, so I, I binge those, and I usually burn through them really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, I wait for them to come out with new content and then binge through them again. And only when I road trip, that's when I'll turn on Bigger Pockets and Malcolm Gladwell Revisionist History. I like that stuff. One of our kind of advisors from from like the beginning, and he's actually a property manager. He from what September of last year to now, he's down in Charlotte, Huntersville area. Chris from Sun and Properties. He I just met with him last week. He, he brought his sixty five units on board, so he went from forty to sixty five units. I'm like, how are you doing this, right? Wow. So he has the processes he uses, you know, behind the scenes. He's digging in with Rent Assured. Um, with his units and going to give some, you know, some the early doctor gives some feedback as well. But we went through a list of podcasts that, that he does and some of his best practices. And again, I think it's the realization that the residents, he calls them residents, are, are the guests. They are the customer. And that's who he tries to yep. make happy. And I've yep. seen that resonate during discovery with the best feedback. And the landlords and property managers who want to jump on this innovative train, right? Yep. They want to try us out. They want to make it better for their tenants and themselves. But he recommended several podcasts. I mean, Chris said the property management show was Alex Osinako is someone that he suggested also. Mm. And so that's on my list to, to look into. And then the property management mastermind by Brad Larson. I'm always down to grab some. That sounds like a good one. I need to add that one. Of course, I recommended to him this really cool podcast, Technist, right? So. Boom. There it is. knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not to totally hijack your show, mate, but Bobby's experience. I didn't want to, I didn't want to walk away without talking to you guys about that. Oh boy. We're about a month or two into French short, actually starting to execute against the idea we had. And, you know, we validated, we've done customer discovery. We won several pitch competitions at this point. We've now gained, you know, some, some funding for equity Uh And then Bobby looks over and she has a rental property and she has the document piece of rent assured with electronic documents. So she thought she was covered. She has her MBA from Wake Forest. She's been in tech for a very long time. She, this is a very intelligent woman. But when the people pulled up and they have a nice vehicle and they look nice, right? Perception matters. And, you know, they have a great backstory of why they were renting. They fill out the application electronically. 
you know, she went to go meet them in person, received two checks, one for deposit, one for first month. She mm-hmm. went and them in the bank. She gave them the keys. And I and I really were good friends as well, which makes working together much easier as well. But and and I did not want to be the jerk. So she goes through this. And at the end of the story, I tell her, I am so sorry this happened to you. I'll help in whatever way I can. But on a positive note, last glass half full, you now have a personal story in connection with rent assured, so we can make the product even better. <laughs> So what she had is professional squatters. Those checks bounced and they were already in house. Yes. And she did everything that she thought, you know, it and and you just again don't know what you don't know. But if she had had rent assured, we would have given you best tips and practices. Then when the tenant screening also is added on, but everything would have been in writing and in communication. So the process of eviction would have went much faster. She actually had them, they first strung her along for a month with stories of, you know, hardship. Oh, the check's coming over, we're transferring this or we're transferring that. So she was nice about that, hoping the money would come in. You know, they gave an excuse. I don't remember, I don't remember what it was of why the checks bounced, but it, they weren't even real accounts. And then she's like, well, they have my address. You know, I'm, we're a family, I have a young child, so I just kind of want them gone. Fast forward a few I think a few weeks and the neighbors messaged Bobby and said that they were walking out with their washer and dryer. But oh no! Want to speak with the police? Yeah, broad daylight on a dolly, bringing out the washer and dryer. So on your on the other side of it, you do have some people. I, it's a small percentage, but you do have people who will take advantage of you as a landlord. And unless you have a process in place that will protect you. You know, there you go. You're opening your door to professional squatters. So hopefully we can prevent that as well. So that's some of our compliance features that were added on later. You know, so. Taking the washer and dryer. That is, come on, people. That's low. All right. We got the question. I number know. <laughs> Let's get to this uh, last one here, Gina. Last one of the last three. What inspires you? What inspires me? That is a loaded question, Nate. I guess what inspires me, if I had to just sum it up in one, one kind of inspirational item, it would be the fact that I'm a female founder of an all-female founded company, and I am making positive change. That's awesome. So I get to wake up and run a company and make, I don't know, a crazy change and be a mentor for female founders everywhere. And as Hallmark as that sounds, I do like Hallmark movies, it is sometimes a 12 to 16 hour day. Sometimes it's a seven day week. But what I hold true to is that feeling and that's why I do it. No landlord or property manager is going to have to feel the way I felt crying in the corner when I found horrible damage to the property. So taking that negativity and turning it into a company that will hopefully make it so no, that doesn't happen to anybody else again and doing it as a female founder and gain, trying to gain capital, et cetera, et cetera, that, that is what inspires me. Mm, that's awesome. I love it. It's not too much of a question and an answer. Because no, no, no. It, it's it's open-ended. It's for you to interpret however you like. And, you know, I think that, I mean, inspiration comes from all, all different angles. I've got mine. What is your inspiration? <laughs> Well, I've been inspired by a handful of people in my life. When I was in high school, I had this dream that you could be an entrepreneur and give back. And I didn't know that that was a thing that people did. And then I met Todd Hendricks, who he and his brother, Tim, founded TH Property. Well, they created TH Properties as an extension to their father's carpentry business and grew it to become one of the, the fastest growing companies in America. They were the fastest growing home builder in America on the East Coast. And they really inspired me because of how much they connected their philanthropy mission directly to the process of building and selling homes. Track homes as they were, custom, you know, but Mm -hmm. still we were making a difference. You know, specifically we were helping fund health and outreach missions in the dumps of Cairo. And and then uh, I met a man named Mickey Minnick, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a guy still inspires me. He's in his seventies, works six days a week, 10 hours a day for free. And he runs an, uh, a nonprofit called Vicky's Angel Walk, where they give hundred percent of the money they raise directly towards paying the bills of families fighting cancer in the central PA area. And he's able to do that business because he has a few investments that pay him. 
including a handful of rentals. And this is one of the life-changing, in my opinion, this is one of this is the proof of how life-changing rental real estate can truly be in that because of that, he's not only able to provide homes for people directly in his community, but it, it provides him a stable income so that he can give all of his time to helping families, you know, pay their bills while fighting cancer. And he's done this in honor of his wife who who passed away. Uh, her name was Vicky, uh, stage four Hodgkins. So people like that inspire me. I want to do similar works. So that is uh, inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my people. Well, enough about me, Gina. Thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing so much, for sharing your story, for going after it, for breaking down barriers. I want to give an opportunity for people listening. If they want to connect with you and get or learn more about Rent-A-Shirt, uh, where do they go and how they do that? Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Nate. This is this has been fun. I love the conversation. I hope people enjoyed it. And if they want to connect more, if they have an idea or they're like, hey, this is cool, I want to try it out, they can reach out to us on uh, Twitter at B Rent-A-Shirt, so B-E-R-E-N-T-A-S-S-U-R-E-D, or on Facebook, Again, at Be Rent Assured or on our website. So they can go to www.bbrentassuredassured.com. Or you can find me here at Winston Starts working away. There we go. And I'll have that information in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, uh, you can get the links directly or go to technest.io uh, to get those links to get connected with Gina and Rent Assured. With that, we're going to close out and maybe I'll see you around at one of the events. If not, we'll have to keep in touch because I definitely want to keep pulse on where you guys are going and, and all your accomplishments. But thank you so much. Until then, we'll see you later. Definitely love it. Thank you so much, Nate. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the TechNest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.